my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. And coming up in a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, somebody's trying to spoil the party for all the money people are saving now buying mattresses. I'm going to tell you what's up and how to avoid the trouble. And coming up yet later, there's something that people keep doing wrong in IRAs and Roths. I don't want it to be you. I'm going to tell you what's the missing link in so many people's best efforts to save for the future. So I want to share something with you that I think is pretty neat. Your kids, if you have kids, can be rewarded with free stuff if they have good grades. Now, this is something that may or may not be happening in your household, but it could be a motivator or a reward. And Theo of our crew at Clark.com has put together a list of what are known as report card rewards, places that give kids free treats like donuts, ice cream, um, cookies, food of all types, free for you, if you, in fact, can score a good report card. And all you do is you show your report card, and bam, you're going to get the free stuff as a kid. So I love this. I love anything that motivates. I mean, this is no participation trophy here. This is only for kids who get good grades. And that's something I never got to experience. So this never would have been part of my life. But if you are someone who is lucky enough to have a kid in your house who's really uh, conscientious and good at the schoolwork and all the rest, well... A reward awaits them. And so you can see the full list, all the particulars, and when local participation may vary, explained on our article at Clark.com. Now, I will confess to you that I spent my time in school daydreaming, staring out the window. I was uh, not the most effective student, which is really weird because... I retain things pretty well that I read, and I read endlessly, and I have a real thirst for knowledge. Somehow, none of that clicked in me when I was a kid. Brandon's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, and it's great to have you here. How can I be of service to you? Well, so I was listening to your show the other day, and I heard you... um, mentioning to somebody that with regards to 401ks, um, you don't recommend having anything tied up in the company stock that you work for. Um, that, that's it, right. That's right. And that's a something I've, I've felt forever, but even more intensely after Enron went bust last decade and people's 
and total of their IRA was in Enron stock, and so everybody's retirement got wiped out. So it got me to wondering, well, first, I was wondering why, and I guess that explains that. Um, but then also, my company actually offers a stock purchase plan for employees that gives a 15% discount when you purchase stock. Yeah, I love um, those plans. You have to hold it for yeah. at least one year before you can sell it. And I was wondering what would be the best way to go about managing it. Um, I'm fairly new to investing overall. I've only been doing it for a couple of years. Um, I'm 33 years old and got into the game kind of late. Um, and so my idea was just to kind of keep it there um, and just let it grow. Uh, along with my 401k. Um, however, when I encouraged you the other day, I thought maybe that might not be the best idea. So I was just wondering what your suggestion would be. So I love these plans where the company offers you a discount and they, I guess they take a little bit out of each paycheck and fund the purchase of the stock that they give you at 15% off. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I, I love that because they're giving you a direct incentive and you've got a guaranteed 15% deal on the stock. I mean, that's pretty great. And then the iffy part is you have to own it for a year and then at a year you can sell. So it's possible the stock would go down over that next year and even though you got a discount, you might lose money, but it'd be unlikely that you would lose money consistently. And it's really a, a great gift they're giving you, giving you an opportunity to be an owner of the company in part and own the stock. So I don't have a problem with that. Um, and you could, at the year's mark, sell it and take your profits, pay the tax on it. But okay. the 401k thing, there's when you load up a 401k with company stock, that's the money you're depending on for your retirement. The right. money that you're doing in the stock purchase plan where you get the discount, you can use it for any purpose you want after that 12-month holding period. Okay. And you can and was skedaddle out at that 12 months. So there are different issues and different concerns. Okay, I got you. And I guess I was wondering if I should be taking that money and, you know, selling it, taking the profits, and then, you know, moving that to something else like an IRA. Well, or... I would love it. You took the words right out of my mouth. What I would love, I'm smiling as you asked that, because <laughs> you made it sound like you don't get the investing thing at all, and you asked the perfect question. So if you held the stock for a year, you sold it, then I'd love it if you put it in a Roth IRA. And because you're allowed to put up to $5,500 a year in a Roth, you put money in a Roth and it grows tax-free all through these next 30 years you'll be working. And then you spend that money and everything it's earned tax-free. So, right. okay. and then that automatically diversifies you away from the company stock. In the 401k you have, what are you putting your money in and it? Uh, well, the company matches six uh, percent, so I'm put the full six percent match in there. And then, what are you what are you investing in in the? 401k? Oh, uh, well, most of it was in um, the 
Vanguard um, Target Fund. That's perfect. And I would put it all in the Vanguard Target Fund for, okay. since you're 33, let's look like, um, oh, what would that be great? Doing like 2060, 2055? I want but, to say it's 2055, I want to say. Yeah, that's fine. And that would be a great decision. And then okay. you're completely diversified away from what you're doing in that company stock. And then if you did a Roth IRA with money you'd sell after a year of that company stock plan, you could put all that in a Roth IRA with Vanguard in the same target retirement fund 2055. So you'd have your... Uh, 401k at work, it would be a pre-tax, mm-hmm. and then you'd have your Roth, it would be after-tax money, and that would be a beautiful combo. So, sounds to me, Brandon, like you're doing a great job, and you should know that saving money for retirement at 33 puts you ahead of most people who don't really think about it till they have their 40th birthday. So you're not behind, you're kind of ahead of a lot of people. Marlon's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Marlon. Good afternoon, Clark. How is your day going? I'm having a great day, and I hope you are, too. Certainly are. Um, just a question. I have one question. I have um, a state employee's retirement fund I've been uh, contributing to with my employer for about 12 years. And I'm... Um, I'm needing to retire in order to draw the funds out. So I could do that um, and take a lump sum. Would would there be any other plan that you'd recommend taking? I think it's maybe worth about $12,000, which isn't a great sum, but should I collate that with another plan? So you said this is a state retirement plan? Correct. Public employees retirement plan. All right. So you got this twelve grand, and so your option would be to take it where they'd give you just a monthly check for the rest of your life, or get the twelve grand. So until I deceased, right. um, I'd receive that amount, but they're not payable to um, an heir or a dependent, right? D- depends on the state plan. And uh, my thing generally is I like for you to get the monthly check. And the Mm -hmm. reason is you're not as likely to be able to generate as much money from that 12,000 as the state will pay you every month. And if there's somebody who's really depending on you um, in the event that they outlive you, you married that you have a wife who'd be depending on you? Yes. So what you can do if, you're, if your state plan just terminates at the time of your death and doesn't offer a survivor payment to your wife at that time, you could uh, do something pretty simple. You could buy a term life insurance policy that at the time of your death would pay a, a benefit to your wife. And then regardless of where the sources of funds would be, she would get uh, that amount of money in order to have to live on in the event that she outlives you. I see. So I could buy a term life policy 
that would be like paid up or something? Is that what you're... No, the way term life works, and you buy it for a period of time, 15 years, 20 years, as long as 30 years. And so it's got a set premium for a set amount of coverage. And in the event you do pass away in the 15, 20, 30 years, it just pays a lump sum to your wife as your survivor. And that way you don't have to worry what's going to happen to her if you're not around. Um, You know, she'd be grieving over you, but she wouldn't have to worry about money. Okay. And I do have a term life that was a 15-year plan, which probably will expire in about another six years. And I'm estimating I'll probably outlive it. So So if you are in good health... And you want to make sure she's protected for uh, many years to come. You could buy a uh, 20, 30-year mm-hmm. policy, and uh, you could let the one with the six years remaining lapse if you wanted and mm-hmm. replace it with a new one. Or you could have both temporarily, because if you were to die unexpectedly in six years, she might need more money to carry yeah. her through her natural lifespan. This is pretty so gruesome I, stuff we're talking about, but um, you know, it's something I, I want people to think about and discuss is making sure that their loved ones are taken care of financially. And on Clark.com, I have information about a number of companies that sell long-term care, uh, not long-term care, um, term life insurance policies, including several now that will issue a policy without you having to go through the normal medical exam which is great because you immediately have issue of the policy. This is like the weirdest thing ever. I'm doing a carcourageous moment about a topic I talked about in a positive way just in the last two weeks. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a carcourageous moment. This is so freaky weird. I just discussed with you the massive changes going on in how you buy a mattress in the U.S. and how online sellers are where all the growth is and traditional players are shrinking, bankrupting out, closing their doors because people are finding the shopping experience so much more pleasant buying a mattress online where there's no pressure, no confusion, And you have typically three months to decide if you like the mattress or not. If you don't like it, no questions asked, you get all your money back. It is so much better than the old way of going in a store, having high pressure, um, self-consciously laying down on a bed for a few seconds and saying, oh, no, that one doesn't work. Let's try this other one. Oh, I like that one maybe. Then you get the thing home and you're like, this is the worst thing ever. It happened to my um, mother-in-law and father-in-law that they bought a mattress at a mattress store and hated it so much, but, you know, all sales final. They were stuck with the thing. And they then, next round, bought one of the mattresses in a box and got a great one. Well, now the traditional mattress stores are pretty fired up and now trying to get tariffs put in on foreign manufacturers of these mattresses in a box. The good news is they're going to fail because 
amazing stats I saw in a MarketWatch story. The Chinese account for almost no market share in the mattress-in-a-box business. So tariffs are not going to ride to the rescue of the high-pressure retailers trying to cram some mattress down your wallet that you don't really want because the Chinese, I mean, they're almost none of the market at all. So you just have all your fun putting tariffs on the Chinese mattress makers because it's not going to make any difference. It is Clark Rageous that you're trying to use political influence to keep yourselves operating. And you just know as a consumer, when you're looking for a mattress, check out these online sellers. You're going to love what they do. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less and don't anyone ever rip you off. Off-air advice is available for you over 40 hours each week. If you go to Clark.com, scroll down a little, you'll see the phone number and hours available each weekday for free off-the-air advice and information from a member of Team Clark. This is something that has come out of our web team, is something they very much want me to talk about, and they're so right that... A problem that has appeared over and over again that we've noticed and is happening to so many people in the country is you'll resolve. You're going to set up a Roth IRA or you're going to set up an IRA. Even put the money into the account after you open it. But you forget one more step. And that is You've got to choose the investments the money's going to go in. So many people's dollars are sitting in IRAs earning basically nothing in the default equivalent of like a money market account, like a savings account inside an IRA or a Roth. You're not even going to be able to keep up with inflation. It's absolutely essential that when you open a retirement account that you go to the next step that may or may not be obvious when you open that account that with the money you put in you choose what it will be invested in a lot of times people will be overwhelmed by what psychologists refer to as the paradox of choice there are so many different funds there so many different options you just basically shut down You put the money in the account, but you don't ever choose how it will be invested. So keep it very simple. Most places, and if you go to any of the low-cost places I recommend, you're going to be able to put money into a target retirement fund. And you put it in the target retirement fund for the year closest to when you're going to retire and just put all the money in that. If you later want to do things that are more involved and let's say you decide well i want to put some money in emerging markets that's the term for third world countries or i want to put money in some form of bonds or i want to put money in uh, european stocks or whatever it is i mean you want to do things more exotic have at it 
But for so many people starting out with a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, just picking a simple default choice, a target retirement fund, will get your money heavily diversified. I mean, simply spread out in many different types of investments, many types of stocks here and overseas, all in one fund. And so when you do fund that IRA or Roth, make sure you complete the deal and get your money invested. And while we're at it, really look at being a creature of habit where you automatically add money month after month after month to your Roth IRA or your traditional so that you are building up money for the long term. And if you are a business owner or you have side income, you can do alternative things like a SEP, which takes like no paperwork to open, simplified employee pension, and is very flexible from you, let's say with a side gig or your own business, where you can put aside from nothing in a year to potentially many tens of thousands of dollars in a year, all based on how the cash flow is at the business or the side job and how profitable you are. Michelle is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Hey, Clark. I'm good. How are you? Great. How can I serve you? Well, um, I have a lot of big life changes happening in the upcoming months and um, trying to figure out what the best, the smartest timeline would be. We are um, considering opening up a new business and getting an SBA loan and also purchasing our first home. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe we shouldn't do all of it. Maybe we should rent. (laughs) Wow, yes. You just terrified me. Okay. Give me some advice, Clark. What I I heard is I heard cash flow sucking (laughs) out the door, starting a business, moving, buying a house, starting a business all in short order. Yeah. How yeah. in the world would you sleep at night? You must you must feel no anxiety at all in your life. Um it comes and goes, especially during this time. Cuz I would I will tell you, you know, I don't know if you ever heard me talk about and I should do this sometime soon talk about my path to where I am today. But when when I started my own business and I was 25 at the time, I had so much anxiety. I would wake up in the middle of the night just anxious and couldn't go back to sleep, you know, worried about Mm -hmm. payroll, worried about something that went wrong the day before, whatever. And if I had piled on top of that, buying a house at the same time, I mean, I I think my head would have exploded. So, oh my goodness. Maybe you're somebody who can handle the dual because you got a dual suck there on cash flow buying a home and starting a business. So which is more important to you right now? Um, Starting a business uh, is is more important. If we have to rent temporarily, that's okay. Um, We have the... That makes me stop shallow breathing that you're saying that. Okay. (laughs) This must be some kind of entrepreneurial PTSD that when you said that, I was like, no! Okay. 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 Because you you don't know exactly how the business is going to go, how 
sure. how quickly it's going to be profitable, how much it's going to grow, how slow it's going to grow. And I want you to be careful because you buy a home, you got a fixed overhead there. You mm-hmm. rent, you know, it gives you more flexibility. Okay. How are yeah, you going to pay for the business? Um, a combination of some some cash and some some loan. Um, so it, we would be investing in a franchise is, is the route we're going to go. And then um, we have the 20% down saved away for the home. If we need to delay, we sure can. Yeah, I would Whatever. really, I'm, I'm really asking you to put that just on the, the shelf for now. Because okay. when you start a new business, you don't know what your cash flow needs are going to be. You don't know, you know, the franchise people are going to promise you that, oh, yeah, our trend line is you're going to be cash flow positive in how many months do they tell you? Um, uh, they haven't promised anything. They show us their best guy, their worst guy, and their average guy. And, and, and even their worst guy would be okay with us. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. I, I, and have either you, you say we, is it you and your husband are going to yes. own the business? Have <laughs> yes. either of you worked in the industry before that you're going to have this franchise? We have not. So, uh, I'm just all uh, stop signs and red lights right now. I'm a big fan of one of you going to work for one of the franchises, doing anything and everything for at least three months. Mm -hmm. Because you got the rest of your life, you can own the franchise. But I really like for you to uh, experience it, one or both of you to experience the business before you're all in. Okay. And I don't know if that's something you've considered, but with any business, whether it's a franchise or not, having some experience when your money's not at risk, there's so much you learn in a relatively short period of time that eliminates uh, issues, concerns, mistakes you might make once you're owning it and operating it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I put your whole life on hold that you wanted to talk to me about. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you know, I respect your opinion, and I, I thank you so much for your advice. Sure. And I wanted to ask you one thing before you go. The borrowing you're going to do, you said SBA maybe? That's what we were thinking. Have yeah. you identified a small local bank that you can go talk about your plans with? For not a local one, not yet, no. Do you have a re- recommendation? Well, that's just what I want you to be about, is I want you out there talking to... There, there aren't as many small local banks as there used to be. A lot of them that look like they're local really are just pretending and they're parts of bigger operations. You want a, a bank that you can grow with and that uh, specializes, has people on staff that really know the SBA loan program, and I would get out there and, and start interviewing bankers. You interview them like you're interviewing them for a job, not like you're going hat in hand and saying, Mr. Ms. Banker, you want to lend us money? No, you want to interview the banker and decide who it is you're comfortable working with and essentially being in business with. Declan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Did I get your name right? Yes, hello, Clark. Hi, great to have you here. Thank you for what you do for the American consumer. Well, you're kind to say that. How can I 
serve you as an American consumer? Well, thank you. Uh, A lot of people are going to find my question humorous, but I run a thriving waterfront vacation rental in north central Florida. And because it sleeps 18 or more people, I find myself buying lots of paper towels and toilet paper. Wow. You have a single rental that do people use as a party house that would hold that many people or... It can do that. It's a collection of three old Florida buildings that make a water make up a waterfront compound. How about that? It's pretty cool. That is neat. And so just things like uh, consumables are eating up into some of your profits. Uh, to a degree, yes. And I don't know whether to go uh, to uh, the local big box store or perhaps to an online uh, purveyor of these paper goods i believe you're going to get your best deal over time with sam's club and costco wholesale excellent and you know both of them have institutional supplies are you familiar with how costco has the business centers yes and they've approached me as a likely good candidate for their wholesale club and I just did not know what to think of that. Because the business centers specifically deal with um, uh, owner-operators of small motels. They sell uh, you know, uh, facial tissue and private label in huge box quantities, You know where you have the, the size. The individual boxes are smaller, but they sell you big quantities one time, huge amounts of toilet paper, all those kind of things. Sam's Club, if you join their premium membership, has a delivery service where you won't even have to go get it. They deliver for free. All right. And when they have a periodic sale, they will deliver to you. And Sam's Club also has a corporate uh, sibling called Jet. And a lot of people who rent Airbnbs and things like that buy their consumables on Jet.com. Well, thank you for that uh, direction. I will look into all of those options. So the good thing with Jet, there's no annual membership fee. With Sam's and Costco, both of them, you have the membership fee. So that's why a lot of people with uh, Airbnbs use Jet because they get what they feel are really good prices, but they don't have any membership fee they have to pay. And 18 people in one rental. That's a lot. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Ask Clark time. That's when you post a question for me at clark.com. 
And then Joel, one of our producers, asked the question for you. Clark, Joel, who's up? Yeah, Rita wrote in. She said, what's the best way to get out of a car lease without damaging credit? My son is six months into a lease that he can't afford. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, you know, leasing so often is poison to your pocketbook. And if he's only six months in, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This is going to be tough. But I can suggest two possible ways out for your son and people are somewhat polarized about these but one of them is swap a lease s-w-a-p-a-l-e-a-s-e and swap and the other one is lease the way both of these sites make their money is you set up an account with them you list your vehicle that you're trying to get out of your lease you pay them a fee if they're able to find somebody to take over your lease and somebody hopefully takes it over now why would somebody want to take over your lease because it may fill a time gap for them and i know my brother who is the one who who's retired who just travels the world he and his wife have looked at this as a way to have shorter-term transportation, cheaper than renting a car one month at a time. And so there are people who need shorter-term operation of a vehicle, and that's something they can benefit from. So again, there's swap a lease and leasetrader.com. Usually it's hard to make those work, though, as early in the lease as your son is. All right, Clark, Paul wrote in. He says, I have not filed taxes in over 10 years. How should I go about getting my back taxes caught up? Paul, the great news coming forward is if you come forward on your own rather than the IRS eventually finding you, it's a completely different kind of thing with them. With a decade of taxes not having been done, if you were, uh, if you've been a relatively high income earner, I would like you to go meet with a tax attorney and have a tax attorney who you hire to handle uh, filing with the IRS and keeping the hassle with the IRS to a minimum. If you have not earned a great deal of money in those 10 years, I'd like you to go hire what's known as an enrolled agent. That's a cheaper kind of person to hire than a tax attorney. They're people who are registered with the IRS, enrolled with the IRS. They are known to and respected by the IRS, and they could also negotiate for you. The more complicated your situation or the more money involved, the more you want to hire a tax attorney, the less complicated, less money involved, the more you want to hire an enrolled agent for a circumstance like this. And best to you, and you'll feel a big sense of relief when you do come forward. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.